to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And uh, it's crunch time in the Premier League, Reed. Not the Premier League, Champions League. Oh, my gosh. It's crunch time in the Champions League. Tottenham's already through. Liverpool and Chelsea got through today. It's exciting. I hope some of our listeners are Premier League fans. Otherwise, this is just going over everybody's head, including mine. The only way to fix that, though, is to gently talk about it as much as I can so that people learn a little bit at a time and eventually get caught up. You can find Ty's second podcast, Ty Talks Premier League, on Apple and Spotify. (laughs) Uh There's too many Tottenham Hotspur podcasts already. They're awful. They're they're an hour long, and they're so repetitive. Dude, just make that quick-hitting 15 minutes per game conversation. You could do it. I'd have to find another fan. Uh, Steve Nash likes Tottenham. I'll see if he's busy. Yeah, he might be available for you. He probably already has his podcast on it. He probably does. (laughs) All right. Well, we are getting back to uh, the movie review. We're going to be talking about Honey Boy this week. But before we get to that, we wanted to give our pick for autobiographical films. And I'll go first this week with uh, a movie that Remy and I saw together at Sundance called The Souvenir that should be coming out. And it came out this summer, I think, and is available to stream. But it's about a filmmaker in Britain's life when she was going to film school and dating um, the wrong boyfriend, the wrong guy for her. But it's just kind of a quiet movie. I thought it was very good, though. Interesting. Okay. I... uh this week I watched The Squid and the Whale, Getting Ready for Marriage Story by Noam Bambach. They're both by the same director and writer. Yep. And uh, it's his personal story about his his family growing up. And I don't know. It was kind of annoying. Have you seen it? No, I never have. It's a very uh, pretentious upbringing. I don't know. Very intellectual. They like to show off. It made me not want to hang out with him. <laughs> but it does he had um the guy who plays his dad in the film wore the jacket of his actual dad. It's that closely related to how his family grew up. That's sort of gimmicky sounding, I don't know. Yeah, it, does, it shouldn't matter. But anyway, do you have a favorite Bombback movie? Let's save it. We're going to watch Marriage Story and talk about it. Okay, done. Don't say it. Well, let's talk about Honey Boy. Um, I think this is sort of an interesting way for Shia LaBeouf. Buff, Shia LaBeouf. Some people, some people say Shia LaBeouf and Shia LaBeouf and Shia LaBeouf. I don't know. Well, I knew him back in the Even Stevens days, so Shia. Shia? <laughs> Done. Uh, yeah, I wrote, wrote the script that sort of characterizes two periods in his life going through rehab and dealing with some trauma from his childhood. And then when he's just starting to be a child actor and interacting with his father, which the sort of gimmick of this movie is it's Shia LaBeouf who plays that role. I don't think it's a gimmick. I don't know. I mean, don't you think that's part of why it got made? Yeah. Well, it got, yeah, yes, not, it, it got made not because Shia LaBeouf is playing his father. It got made because Shia LaBeouf wrote it and was going to be in it. Okay, yeah. I don't know. So I guess in this movie, they do that sort of 
dual timelines going back and forth. I mean, do you think that was an effective way to build the story where they're kind of showing the trauma, showing the trauma from his childhood and then also showing him deal with it in therapy? Well, I, I kind of always hate movies when they show therapy. I don't know. It just feels like a very contrived device to be able to allow you to say things that you want to just say, but would be better to show visually or tell in a more narrative way. But he wrote, I mean, he the, he literally wrote this movie while in therapy, I think, as, as a way to help him recover. So I think it's an interesting autobiographical document. It really, I, it to me, it seems very sincere, which I'm surprised I'm saying because Shia LaBeouf seems often not sincere. Yeah, I mean, I think it just, in my mind, it would be hard to be so open about something traumatic in your life like that. And I think people's first instinct is to sort of shield that from the world. So I I bet it's cathartic to review that process and see it happen, play it back again. Yeah, I thought um, his portrayal of his father was so good. I thought his acting was amazing. And I think the fact that he, I'm assuming he's drawing on what he actually saw and experienced growing up, that makes it very powerful for me. I, I was affected by it, by that fact that we're seeing someone play their father. Yeah, it is an interesting kind of concept or, or st- structure for the film. And I think makes it more personal, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he just, he felt believable in sort of that kind of hillbilly clown way. I think he, he does a good job embodying that. It feels more personal, but I think also you just trust it more because you assume Shia is doing the portrayal based on his own memories the best he can of what his dad really was like. So, you know, I would assume it makes me assume that he really did throw his big brother mentor into a pool. And it makes me assume that he really did the chicken walking around his butt. You know, you just I think because of the close proximity of the source of the film, that's nice. You get you get that it has a lens a feeling of authenticity to everything. Were you kind of surprised in the situation they were living in as a young kid, like being on a Disney TV show, like being, yeah, being that kind of, you know, not quite breakout success, but starting to have that success. Were you surprised that they were still living in sort of that strip motel motel place? Had he got the role as a Disney star at that point? I think he's filming on a TV show and then he does a Disney movie in the, in this movie, you know, he gets that extra part. Okay, I kind of assumed that wasn't true. I don't know. Or I, I assumed he hadn't hit it big either. I would be surprised if a Disney star is in that place like that. Because he was saying he is paying his dad to be a chaperone. I mean, he's filming something. Yeah, he was filming something. I mean, also their family obviously made a lot of bad choices, it seems like. So it wouldn't shock me if he was making good money and his dad still just preferred to live in a place like that because that's the kind of place he's used to. Yeah, or like is keeping the per diem... You know, he has to ask him for it, even though by definition that should be like for their living expenses. Yeah. Yeah, pretty shady. It it does seem so, I don't know, just this like situation that's ripe to be taken advantage of. Yeah, but that's, the, I think that is why the drama is effective is because you go back and forth from seeing, you thinking that the father's probably taking advantage of him, thinking the father's evil and selfish or egotistical to the moments where he's crying and 
you know, reveals his own deep insecurities and how that leads him to do the things that he's doing. I don't know. I found it very compelling and unbelievable. And not, it's not over the top. It's not, I don't know. He's not a, a villain. He's just a real human being. And, and relatable, right? Like, I think everybody wants their children to be successful, but probably is a little challenging if you have a, you know, 12 year old son who's doing better in the entertainment industry than you, than you could do. If that's what you really wanted for yourself, like that's, that's hard. Yeah, definitely. Did you like uh, the actor portraying kind of young Shia LaBeouf and Lucas Hedges? I don't really get Lucas Hedges. He's not my favorite actor. People really like him. I know people really like him. He gets a lot of great parts. I just, I don't, I don't know. He seems kind of the same to me, kind of one note um, and not very empathetic. I don't feel like I really go into his soul, I guess. I don't know. A lot of actors, you feel like there's a lot of depth there and I just don't feel like he's got a lot of depth. I thought the kid was great. The younger one. Yeah. I mean, do you, I think it's also a little weird because Shia LaBeouf was a huge movie star in kind of the mid two thousands, right? Like, was doing the Transformer movies, was really big. And I just think Lucas Hedges has not ever been that big, so that was a disconnect for me. You think they should have got someone who was as big a movie star that, uh, now as Shia LaBeouf was? Not as big, but I don't know, someone who's doing those kind of movies or who is or looks more like him. It just seems like... Believable that he's a charismatic action hero? Yeah, I did not see that so much. I think a very good dramatic actor. You know, I think he does emote well. You think he emotes well? I think so. I think he has this kind of those transformations. He expresses his frustration, his sadness. No, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big fan. Not for you. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Are there other things you think we want to hit on for this movie? I wanted to see more rodeo clowning. Barely got to see any. Yeah, that's that's what you're into. Well, it's a very visual, dynamic scene that could have been in there pretty easily. I was surprised that they didn't actually show it. Just that one chicken scene. Yeah. They must not have had the budget, <laughs> is what my guess would be. Yeah, I mean, it is a pretty small movie, kind of interiors, on location, the rehab place. I think probably the most expensive shot was the the very opening, that like fake special effects shot where Lucas Hedges gets pulled back. Yeah. To set that all up. I like that they play with the kind of, it's kind of a magical realism where they play with the, you don't know what it is you're watching. It worked. That worked for me very well in this film. The, the shots of the kid getting the pie in the face. And then it just getting, getting to the set. You mean getting to the set? Well, like he gets the pie in the face and then you see the set behind him afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, good job playing with our, with what they reveal and what we understand about the world we're in, and because it, they are in the business of making movies, and that's a magical business, and so it involves a lot of kind of magical properties or processes. Yeah, I mean, does this does this movie really show any resolution between their relationship? Like, does it does it actually resolve how how they work together or how they interact? I don't. I can't remember, honestly. I mean, Lucas Hedges goes to his house at the end, right? Yeah, he goes back there. Or to the hotel, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. 
Uh, Ty, what would you give Honey Boy out of five? I'm giving Honey Boy a four. I loved it. It wasn't life shattering. It's a small movie, but uh, I did like it a lot. So four. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm also going to give it a four. I think it kind of portrayed some interesting thoughts and showed a different world to Hollywood that I think, you know, even even movies about Hollywood don't always want to focus on. Yeah, it's like a companion piece to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Child actor version. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what's something else you want to recommend for our listeners? Okay, well, if you listen to our... Another one of our podcasts, you know I made a mistake and watched Last Christmas. I made another mistake, Reed. Oh my gosh. Frozen 2. I have not seen it. I went by myself. There's not many things harder than going to Frozen 2 as a grown man by yourself. Is, Is this a better segment? Like, what's the bad movie you've seen recently? Well, I'm just, I don't have that many because I have to just tell you what I've seen recently, good or bad. Oh. Okay. I, w- I wish I was telling you good things I've seen lately. If they were out there, you'd you'd be sharing them. Yeah, Frozen, Frozen Two. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say it's not awful. It's I mean, it's just a Disney movie. It is what it is. Everyone who needs to love it does love it. They don't need me to love it. It's maybe not for you. You're saying. Yeah, it's just I just feel like well the one good thing about it is. They, I think what they did was they wrote the songs that are in it and then they asked bands, famous bands, to record the songs. I don't know. Maybe they let the bands write the songs, but I don't think that's true. I think they gave them the songs probably. But anyway, there's one that's pretty funny. I would say the funniest thing in the movie is this one about, um, oh my gosh, Kristoff being lost in the woods. And then in the closing credits, you see uh, Weezer cover it. Okay. And it's good. I love the Weezer version. You're like, I'm into Weezer. Yeah. Also, you should stay to the end if you go see it, because there's a little gift at the end of the credits. Marvel style. Setting up Olaf's revenge. Yeah, pretty much. No, actually, it doesn't set up the next one. It's just a continuation of a joke. Okay. Nice. Um, For me, uh, we subscribe to Disney+, and it's been fun to go back. Yeah. So fancy. Uh, it's been fun to go back and find some of the cartoons I watched as a kid and try some of the uh, some of the episodes out and realize, first of all, they were so short and not as good as I was expecting. What cartoons are we talking about? Uh, I'd say specifically Chip and Dale, like the squirrel one. Yeah. One of their voices is so annoying. It's like crazy annoying. I could not believe it. You didn't realize it at the time. No, but I have watched some DuckTales episodes. I liked that show. DuckTales. Woo! Classic. <laughs> yeah. So I think Disney Plus is just fun to go and see some things in the Disney vault that aren't haven't been around for a while. Did they immediately put everything out or they do they rotate stuff that's out? I think everything that they have access to is out. There are some Disney movies that are recent ones that are streaming on like Netflix and Amazon, I think that they don't have the rights to yet, but they say like, we'll be on the site November, 2020. I mean, okay. I think it really, it is their whole catalog. Yeah. They're just going to print money with that catalog. Aren't they? I think they had 10 million view, tell me 10 million subscribers within like a month. And they're probably going to hit 20 million by the end of the year. 
I just feel like every family in America would want Disney Plus. Yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, access to all the Pixar movies, the old animated movies, Marvel movies, Star Wars. It seems good. Yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Two Brothers Review the Movie. Nope. Two Brothers Review the Podcast. <laughs> Let's make it a coming mo- later. Dude, can we make a movie version of this, please? <laughs> <laughs> who who would oh, you cast man, as yourself? Funny. Who would you cast as yourself? Well, I would play myself if I could, but if I couldn't, James Corden. Huh. I was gonna go Jonah Hill. I've got some real Jonah Hill energy. Yeah, you do. Mid nineties, cool kid. Uh, uh, bye. Oh, uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>